Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that laugh is the Hall of Fame swimmer, the longest arms I've ever seen. And I've watched him do some crazy things. Uh, amazing, amazing uh, American story to success. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi minute, and we are with the great Steve Lunquist, better known as Lunk. He is driving home. Hello, Lunk. How are you doing, sir? Always like I like, always like asking my friends who were asking me, "What am I doing on the wrong side of the microphone?" Uh, how'd that sound? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, what is up with that? I don't know. You're in Atlanta, right? I'm in Atlanta, and I'm driving down. The main roads are good, but when you get to back roads, kind of where I live, uh, you know, not a lot of sun. Right. So, and then it froze up like again last night. So, we're doing some ice skating with cars today. Oh, that sounds uh, sounds adventurous. And also, uh, I guess you're not going to take a swim in the lake today, is what you're saying. Oh, I already did that this morning. Oh, of course you did. I do, I do that every day. Yeah, yeah, no matter. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I could see you going into it, just diving in. My guest is Steve Lundquist. Uh There's so many great stories uh, that we've shared along the way. You know, back in the day when I was watching the Olympics and Mark Spitz, and then, and then all of a sudden we... We run into this guy and hear about this guy named Steve Lundquist, and he was known by the world, uh, by, by, you know, especially the women as Lunk the Hunk, which is, um, we still call him that at times. Um, now, I'm, now I'm Lunk the Punk. <laughs> no, never. Not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. Steve, Steve was born, and uh, Steve, you're, you grew up, uh, out, so the town that you live in is not Atlanta, it's... Jonesboro. It's about 15 minutes south of the airport. Right. We call it home of Gone with the Wind because Margaret, Margaret Mitchell was born and raised in Jonesboro, Georgia. Get out of here. Get yeah. out of here. And they filmed and the other that. claim to fame. Yeah. The other claim to fame Jonesboro has is that we had the uh, the original Smokey and the Bandit, where it says Texarkana. The whole movie was filmed in Jonesboro, Georgia. That's it. That's all we're famous. I for. love how they. I love how they. And you. And famous for you. And, yeah, whatever. And, no, I know it is. It's big. All the world championships, the gold medals. I mean, you know, I've seen the gold medals. They weigh a lot. And I love it when you like you wear your shirt open and you have the bling going. And you, nah, you know, you never. Oh do yeah, that. That, that, I, I go around <laughs> everywhere. I wear those medals wherever I go. On your My gold Mr. T starter kit. <laughs> <laughs> On your gold chains. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> of course, my medal had chocolate in it, so we're we're doing all right. Yeah, no, it didn't. I, I I have the medals with chocolate in it, and they don't last long. I if you 
took a bite out of yours, you would lose some, you know, a few of your teeth. But that's all right. Uh, Steve, Steve and I met years ago at. I'm pretty sure, Steve, we first met in Miami at a Heisman Trophy winner Gino Toretta's charity event. Was that right? That is correct. And you know, his daughter is a big time swimmer now, Ariel. Really? So yeah, and he calls me all the time and says, Steve. Yeah, because that's I, good advice. I've watched paint dry and I've watched grass grow, and that's more exciting <laughs> than watching kids swim. <laughs> I'm like, Gino, come on. <laughs> Not if you're really fast. I lot if you're yeah. really fast. You know, well, you know, ninety percent of swimming is is waiting around for your event. So, I mean, she'll have an event that lasts twenty seconds, and you're waiting around for three hours. Right, you know, well, kind of that thing. Well, it's a lot like track too. I mean, if you're running sprints yeah. or whatever, so our, exactly. Cecilia, our Cecilia runs long distance, and uh, and so we wait and wait and wait. And then, but at least we get to watch her run for uh, around the track a handful of times, which is kind of nice. There you go. You know, it's la- lasts lasts a little longer. We met at Gino's event in Miami, and there was a lot of great stories there. But we started spending time together in the winter every year, or I guess springtime every year at the American Ski Classic. And this is where my love affair for you began and also it, was, it became a love-hate relationship really fast because, so everybody can understand this, the World Ski Championships, not the World Ski Championships, the American Ski Classic was a charity event uh, where celebrities were paired uh, from all walks Except skiing, they were the legends of skiing. Your Franz Klammer, Weber, uh, the Mayer Brothers, our boy Terry Ahola, you know Pam Fletcher. We had the whole group there, and they would they would be the pro and the legend. And then they have a guy like Steve and I maybe running against each other. And then you'd have two people that that bought in. So you have four man teams. And I remember watching you, Steve, uh, coming down the mountain, and I was talking to our son Strack, and I was going, "Look at Steve, look look at Lunk." Look how slow he's going. And I'll <laughs> he's never forget. Going backwards. <laughs> well, no, no, you were going backwards. Listen, I remember going like, that is the worst. How can this fast swimmer, you know, world record holders, all this, how can he move so slow? Now, first of all, I am the worst skier on the planet. I could be. I could be voted the worst. I, first of all, I'll never make it down there. You know, I think I made it down to the bottom once or twice. I remember, and Strack looks at me and with all sincerity and goes, Dad, you're way slower. And I said, what? He goes, oh, yeah, Steve's blowing. He's he's setting. I mean, you're so much slower than that. I said, there's no way. So I'm going to my going to, to race, and I'm struggling through. I think Klammer, Franz Klammer is our pro, and he's trying to push me out the gate. And I'm going, like, you push me out the gate. I swear I'm taking you with me. You know, you know. They, and so we're, we're having to go through, you know, right, Steve? We're going through the, the flags and everything, right, and there's the ruts. This is one of the few times I ever made it to the bottom, and I go, and I'm all cocked out, and I'm feeling good, and Strack has filmed me, and he shows me, and I promise you, I was going a third as fast as you. No. Did you quit that day? I asked him, could he edit it and put it in the software to make me go faster? To look like like those old timey movies where yeah. they speed everything up. Yeah. Well, it was. It was <laughs> so true. It was uh, that. That's when I realized. Well, he he is a world class athlete, and I'm not, and so he's supposed to be faster. How, right? However, however, have you ended up in the Vale Hospital? I have not ended up with Stedman anywhere near me with a needle. No. Well, no. He, he, he got a hold of me. I hit the last gate. It was an early morning thing. And uh, Beth, my girlfriend, said to me, Steve, you're going to be okay? Just don't wreck. You know you know how that goes. Yeah, Just don't wreck. Yeah. What, you can guess what you're going to do. Yeah, it's like so I get down to yeah. the bottom, and I hit the last gate. 
So they take me to the hospital in Vail because my shoulder is completely out. They can't get it back in. Beth can put it back in, but evidently these guys couldn't do it right. No, they're doctors, and they can't do it. Yeah, exactly. They don't do Beth's that. Beth's in law enforcement. So, you know. they, exactly. She, she held a gun to my head yeah, to get it yeah, back yeah. in. Yeah. So, so, so what they did is they numb me up, you know, and they're trying to put it back in, and it's taken forever. And, you know, when it, when, it, when, when it starts setting in, it's even worse trying to put it back in. So, so after this is all over, I called Beth and said, can I, can I pick you, you know, can you pick me up from the Vail Hospital? And she, she said, Steve, it sounded like you were so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> she, she goes, and, and Corbell, our good friend, you know, who right. runs Corbell, is one we're of the We're talking sponsors. about champagne, everybody. The, the yeah. guy, Corbell. Anyway, keep going. The, the guy. And uh, so sure as heck. Uh, I'm sitting there trying to talk to Beth. She goes, were you at the Corbell tent already drinking at 9 a.m. Yeah. this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no way. I have not had a yeah, yeah. sip yet. <laughs> it's, called, it's called medical medicine. Yeah, you it's get, called Demerol or yeah. some kind of whatever they shot me up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love it. I love it when we take our kids in to get like their tonsils out. Or not, or get something, not tonsils. We've taken them in and, and they're just like, they're so loopy coming out or getting their wisdom's teeth out, and they're just like, you're going to find out what they're going to be like when they get older, you're yeah. <laughs> hoping a lot older, and then they're, you know, they've had a, had too much. Hopefully, uh, that won't be the case. Uh, exactly. So, I want to talk about your beginnings at swimming. Uh, your dad used to tell me about how he trained you, and I want to get into all that, so you're going to be sick of hearing my voice. And by the way, is it? Is, do I have a fantastic radio voice or no? i got a cold right you're now. You're doing but, great, man. I can tell you got a little bit of cold, but man, you yeah. sound good, brother. See you that? good. You see? see? We're in Mississippi. I mean, they'll let us do anything. You know, I was almost Oh, well, because like, you're multi-talented, my brother. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, about that part. That's, we, well, oh, that's, I that's, do. That's going to be up for question. Okay, so you're you're heading. You've been driving, and you're are you skating? You're skating I, into your house. I am now in my driveway, pulling in, and the snow has melted. And how about the two trees that have fallen? Are, are you you got your yeah. windows fixed, and you got your dock fixed? Yeah, the dock is finally fixed. That took about six months of insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how that goes. Yeah, they want to wait a while, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, is, is, do we did we build the dock back to the size the, it was? The dock is the dock is the same size it was. Oh, and, so uh, good news! Such good news. The, the, the boat has been destroyed, which is a good thing. You know, the pearl needed to retire. Yeah, yeah. Well, we get new boats. Do you have a new uh, boat already? No, no. The boat show is this week, so I'm heading to the boat show uh, tomorrow. Okay, and the Pearl is what you you the, is that the boat that your dad grew up on when you were swimming, chasing it? No, the, the Pearl is a boat that a friend of mine gave to me, and you can um, know why he gave it to me when you look at it. It's not the Black and, Pearl, uh, is we, it? No, sorry. Yeah, it's the Black Pearl because mm-hmm. it only sailed at night. It was so uh-huh. ugly we couldn't bring it out in the day on our lake. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy! So everybody, and, and some people call it the SS Tetanus, but I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, no, 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 no. We won't talk about. It. We're talking to the great Hall of Fame swimming machine, my favorite uh, swimmer ever. Uh, Michael Phelps, you don't even, you can't hold a candle to my man Steve Lunkus. We'll be right back. Lunk is uh, is finally settling in his house. He has uh, skated on four wheels home, and we'll be right back. Stand by. Sweeter 
Super Talk Mississippi on your radio, your computer, and on your smart device. I just kind of stream it online. Yeah, online. Listen online every day. Listen live at supertalk.fm and download the Super Talk app to take Mississippi's best talk with you wherever you go. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Everybody, this is uh, Steve Azar. I am back on the air with my man Steve Lundquist, Hall of Fame swimming uh, legend. I mean, just amazing the stories. Okay, Steve, how old were you when you started to have this love affair uh, for being in the water? Well, my parents, you know, I think they were trying to get my brother and I, because, you know, brothers, they fight. Right. And they were trying to wear us out. And we lived on a lake, so they thought, hey, swimming, what a great thing we'll do. So they signed us up you know, for, for a swim team, and um, they put me in lane six, and they put my brother in lane four, meaning lane one is the fastest, lane six the slowest. So I was kind of about the worst kid on the team, and my brother, you know, being older, he naturally is going to be faster than me. Right. And uh, so my whole goal, really, was to catch my brother in my early swimming days. And how much older was your brother? Three. Three oh, years that's older. A big, and, you're, and at this eight. point, how old are you? Eight. Oh, yeah. I mean, 11 to eight, that's just a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know you could do math that quick, Steve. Yeah, I see that. That was amazing. Well, that was really good. If you, if, if you did get educated in Mississippi, it would be a lot better for you. Just FYI. Yeah, I, I need to do that. I'm That's from right. Jonesboro, Georgia. Man. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. have it here. I know. I know. You'll get it. You'll get Actually, it. the way. only, the only uh, uh, school system to lose their accreditation. Thank you. That's well, right. You're still <laughs> Clayton oh, County. interesting, isn't it? Very proud. Yeah. Well, okay. So keep going. So so you're in lane six, and you wanted to keep so up. lane with six, and then, then I just tried to get better and better and catch my brother. And as he was moving through the lanes, uh, you know, I was able to, as a younger person, uh, you know, I started st- setting some state records and then setting my how, site how for national age group. How, how young? Well, when I was 10, I set my first, uh, well, when I was nine, I set my first uh, state record. Okay, were you swimming or were you doing the breaststroke or what were you doing? I was doing everything. Uh, my first world record was in the 200 IM. That's right. kind of like the decathlon of swimming. So that's... That's a uh, butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, and freestyle. Oh, so it's a oh, I love it. You're, you, you, I love that. So it's four. You got to do everything, four thing. right? And you go one time back, one time, and you switch one time it, back it, and switch. Right, you're yeah. right. So yeah. in meters, which is a 50 meter pool, what they have in the Olympics, that's one length of each stroke. Whereas in yards, it's two lengths. Yeah, which well, is a 25 that's more about. Pool. Yeah, I'm used to used to yards. I don't even know what meters. You know, they they were going to put Same. that in our schools. Speaking of schools, but you know, they tried to you know put that in the system when we were younger, and then they just stopped. We came one day, and they, they, it was back to yards, and I was going, like, what well, just happened? I think the problem with, with it is I think meters, uh, are, you know, the metric system is much easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, trying to figure out tools, really? you get on tool sets. Yeah, I think it's easier. Yeah, the yeah. problem is the conversion. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, so when they say 1,500 meters, well, how far is that again? Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Set in yards. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just can't do it. So yeah, it's no. too many miles an hour. No, I'm glad they let us go back. I mean, it was like learning a new language, and then they just it said, really forget was. that language, we're out. So you're swimming, you're nine, you broke your first state record. At what point did your parents go, or coach, was it a coach with your mom and dad going like, huh? Yeah, uh, so, so yeah, we started getting better and better, and when I became 12, I had, I had some national records. And then about that time, you know, I was watching Mark Spitz and, you know, kind of like yeah. every kid's dream was to, at that time was to be like Mark Spitz. And I'm like, oh, okay, I want to go to the Olympics someday. So then we really started stepping it up. And then dad uh, went into a guy's office who had this pool company kind of around where we were at. 
and asked if he'd build a pool. And so my dad and him financed a pool, and uh, we created a swim team for the county. Kind of the rest is history. And then the summers, you know, we'd train out on the lake, which is which is kind of fun. Uh, kind of sucks, but uh, you know. Yeah, because your dad would be having what? He'd have a nice, nice cocktail, and you just yeah, driving he'd have the boat? a cocktail, watching me swim, driving the boat. So it's so funny. I've got a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, I've got a friend of mine who who's trying to do triathlons. She's very good, as a matter of fact. And and I'm sitting on top of the boat for a change, watching her swim. I said, "Oh my God, this is so much easier up here." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Watching yeah. someone swim. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It is a lot. It is absolutely. It looks like a lot more fun, especially at our age. So your dad's doing that, and you, you build the pool. Now all of a sudden, y'all've got a new swim club, and it's and you're world class. I mean, like, was there anybody else besides you that was coming out of this thing, like you know, oh, yes. to compete? Oh yeah, we had a, we had a great coach. And uh, he really, you know, we, you know, you've seen you've seen these movies where these kids, you know, they they have a great school teacher that trains them how to do calculus or something and AP tests, and and they come out of you know, the smallest towns in the world. It's because somebody cared, and that's what a great teacher does or a great coach. Uh, they care, and and so they cared so much that you know four or five kids go to nationals and we score in the top ten. Uh, with with teams that have 200 kids, you know, a decent amount of quality. We had some national record holders uh, in this small little town. Because I remember, you know, swimming at Forest Park, which was kind of a Y, if you will, where if you try to do a turn on 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 the freestyle side on the shallow end, you'd have to do it sideways because it was so shallow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we had we trained at Pittman Park. It's the only 50 meter pools in the city of Atlanta. And we were able to talk a guy into opening up and in, and in, in the city of Atlanta to opening up the pool so we could train in it so that we paid this guy to come every morning at 6 a.m., open that pool up, and then we'd lock it up when we left and, and yeah. drive by and hand him the key. Unbelievable. <laughs> he had a pretty good job. Yeah, no, no, what a job. <laughs> he did have a good job. It's 1976. You're probably, what, 14? Uh, you know, I can't do the math that quick, Steve. Well, I'm, I really think, I'm, think, I'm thinking in 80. I, I, I wanted, I know, I know, I know. You're going to stay with me here. I was Come born on, you in 61. Yeah, okay, I was but, born in 61. Okay, so, so yeah. So you're, you're 14, 15 years old. You're competing nationally. You got your eyes set on the Olympics. And, it's, and, and the Olympics that you will be your first is 1980. Correct. Right. Okay, so those Summer Olympics, obviously, we all know that it you know, wasn't a Mississippi governor. Turn president. It was a Georgia governor. It was Thank a Georgia you. governor turned president that Our decides president. to boycott the Summer Olympics. Well, that's because uh, the reason he did that is because he was worried about the Russians invading Afghanistan. That really helped, didn't it? Yeah, no, no, it didn't make any sense. But, but uh, I we're mean, still there. <laughs> so we're still we are we are still there. We are still there, and also did have, did have like the Cold War, the whole you know it was uh, back during yes. that time, right? So all of a sudden that's gone, right? And you don't get to race. And where were the Olympics that year? It was uh, where Moscow. I forgot. Oh, it was in okay. So it was in Moscow. Okay, right. That turns into our buddy Rizzioni, which uh, ends up they were going to boycott the, the, the Winter, Winter Olympics. Olympics were, Right. Yeah, that, that, they weren't in the boycott. So that was, they were up in um, Lake Placid. In New York. And they were going to, so Moscow, so they were going to, they had the best hockey team in the world, and they were going to obviously boycott, I guess in retaliation right. to us boycotting, and then they decided to come. you got four years now, and you've trained, and you're going to SMU, and you like to rock and roll, because I've, I've seen you rock and roll. By the time you get there, are you lunk the hunk yet? 
Are you, have you done some no. covers? All right, no. take, take me to college. You're in college, and I'm trying to imagine you. I'm trying to imagine you in college. I had a lot of fun. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody had, just for just for the listener out there. We get to spend a lot of time together with a lot of friends out there, and the most fun by far. And and my guest Steve Lunquist, legendary Hall of Fame swimmer. Uh, two-time Olympic gold medal, multiple, multiple, multiple world championships, has a group of friends that actually have more fun than he does. And uh, which you have to go into survival mode when you're around them uh, from just the laughter alone. Um, we re- we recently took a uh, we went to dinner one night and I, I remember it was a marathon. We we started at this really classy restaurant and then obviously the Abney's. Uh, we're with us, the CEO of UPS, and uh, David and Sherry, and we all were together. And then, thank goodness, David and Sherry went home because he didn't need to ever see what was coming. We <laughs> we then went to where'd we go next? So it's the classiest place. Overlook is beautiful restaurant. You know, where we oh, had was, to really uh, act, the act right. Club. Yeah, right, that was had, the Buckhead Club. We had to act right. Right. Yeah, that where, sucks. I always hate that. I know, I know, I know. But where did we go next? If I recall, it was like where we. Da- what was the place? It I was, think we went to the Painted Tin. Okay, now what is the Painted Tin? Just for that our is, listeners, that is a, that is a really really cool bar in Atlanta that happens to have a bowling alley, and they have a live band, and they have zinga, they have everything. It's okay. really kind of a, 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 an adult arcade, not to be confused with like a Dave and Buster's. Right? No, 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 this no. no. A, right. We go from the bowling alley to this late night club. Where everybody's dancing and all that. I can't remember the that name of that. Johnny's Hideaway. Johnny's- now, if you've ever seen Hall Pass, yes, that was the bar they all went into. Oh wow! <laughs> well, there you go. I, that's where I was. That's the place that I'm wondering how I got out of there alive. You know, right? So, so, so that that place starts at like seven, right? And everybody who is in their eighties and seventies goes there at seven. Stays there for an hour or two. Yep. Gets their dance on. Happy dancing. Then, is happy hour then dancing. It gets, yep. Then it gets a little older crowd. Yeah. And uh, or, or excuse me, a little younger. younger you can't younger get older crowd. than eighty and seventy. Yeah. No. A, a little younger crowd, kind of like us. And then they play all that all that seventies disco, which is just fun. You got to move to that old right. stuff, right? Right. And then at like midnight, twelve thirty, one o'clock, all of the young folks and everybody to me is young, but but uh, all the all the young folks in Atlanta have found this place, and it's like the new hipster kind of place right. to go. And it, you cannot move in that place. As you know, Steve, that place gets crowded. No, no, it was crazy. So we slip yeah. out of there, and where do we, we, we bookend it from the classiest restaurant in uh, one of the classiest in Buckhead in Atlanta to ending up at the Waffle House, which is my favorite place. And well, we had the Waffle House. Right, and then, and then it's four in the morning, I think. So we've gone, we've gone the distance. This has been impressive. And, uh, and I've obviously had more, I've, I've felt like I've done like 2,000 crunches because of the laughter of the likes of Mike Collier and uh, your friends, your friends you grew up with, and, uh, and they're, they're special, and I love them so much. Uh, this is Steve Azar. We're with the great Steve Lundquist. Uh, we're going to be right back here in a Mississippi Minute. Stay tuned. I got to find another way into your life. The Super Talk app. Pop it in. Pop it in. And turn it on. Listen to your favorite shows anytime you darn well please. The Super Talk app. It's free. Download the Super Talk app now. 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 
Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Johnny Gunn, he's a guitar player, making next to nothing at a bar nowhere. He says, damn the money. I'm Steve Azar. We're back with swimming legend Steve Lundquist. Uh, We spent a lot of time together during the year, like a lot of our friends, having a lot of fun raising money for different charities and selfishly just really, really have fallen in love with the brotherhood and sisterhood. So uh, always a blessing to get together. And uh, he is in uh, Georgia right now at his home on the lake. Uh, Recently, a tree fell first on his house in through his window when when, uh, you you were asleep, right? Yeah, I had to, Beth thought a car hit our our bedroom, and uh, actually it was a tree. A what tree. it did, it didn't really hit the house as much as it, it one of the limbs. I mean, you know, we're talking a, a tree that's, you know, a 100-foot tree, and one of the limbs scraped the side of the house and knocked all the windows out. Right. So imagine laying in bed at, at, at 2.02 in the morning. Don't yeah. ask me how I know that. Yeah. Because you're good with numbers, so you're getting better. Yeah. This is good. Good. I'm impressed. And it hit so hard. You hear that thump, (laughs) and then glasses break, and you're like, what's going on? Well, it it imploded all the glass in the bedroom, so I couldn't get out of bed, you know, and try to find where the glass was. Right. (laughs) So I'm trying trying to feel around for shoes. The lights are out and everything else. I'm trying to feel around for shoes and make sure there's no glass in my shoes so I can at least get out of bed and see what the heck's going on. Right. So that was one of my trees that went down. It wasn't mine. It was the neighbor's tree. Okay, and then so the other yeah, one, I, I was, would, I was the neighbor, yeah, right, the neighbor, I, right, yeah, yeah, and I was, I was sitting on my boat dock, right, and fortunately, I hadn't had cocktails, and the music wasn't on, and you, as you know, that's usually what the the de rigueur is on that boat dock on a Saturday, right. or Sunday. Yeah, I've been there. So I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this crack and pop, and I'm like, what is that noise? I turn around, and there's a tree coming right at me. Yeah. I couldn't hit the water because that's which way the tree was going, so I tried to run up the hill. And uh, it missed me. Beth said she'd never seen me move very fast. Yeah, yeah, because like you've been injured. That day. Right. <laughs> right. So you worked against it. It's like coming out of a riptide. You have to go against the... Get, sort you got to go against it. Up. Yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, and and my friends, as you know, you know, they parked their boats on all sides of the dock. But right. my friend had just left the back side of the dock like five minutes early. If he'd have been there, it would have crushed his boat and him and his friends in the boat because uh, they, they couldn't have gotten out of the way in time. Oh, man. That's one of those. You know, that's the closest I've come to death in a long while, my brother. How many days after the tree fell in the house? Or at no, the house? It was two weeks. It was really two weeks. So difference. the ground had gotten real soft and these trees were obviously... No, it had it had really nothing to do with it. These trees had been eaten into by you oh. know, big, big, massive pines. They've been here for years. Yeah. And we sent the neighbor some letters saying, hey, you know, those are, those are not good trees and they're leaning and they're going to... Well, sure as heck, that's what happened. Well, I'm glad you're. Yeah. See if you had to be. See, you're still athletic. You see that? <laughs> you know what you think Maybe about what you can do when you're about to die. No, <laughs> pick up a car. You know, hey. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about when you get older. I know that they like to people talk. Oh, you want to swim? It's better for you. It's easier on your body. It's easy on your arms and your knees. But when you're plowing that fast, and when you're pushing that hard, and you're working out. You've got all sorts. You've had all sorts of injuries from the pool, right? From the the from the stress on your body, the torque you're putting on on yourself. I, you know, whatever. I'm trying to to be our, uh, to well, articulate. I, I, I think I think the easiest way to explain it is is you know you can drink too much water. So if right. you do too much of something, I mean you, you're trying to get to that level. The amount right. of injuries you have. I mean, I I can't tell you how many swimmers I know that that can't get their their hand above their head because of the, the years of, of repetition 
and wearing out those joints and those right. ball ball joints in the knees and the shoulder. Breaststrokers have bad knees, as you've seen me try to walk. Right. You finally got it. You uh, just had your first surgery, right? I just had my first total knee. Total knee. I guess to get to that level, like you said, you're obviously using these muscles and ligaments and your bones. Everything's getting worked nonstop. We're going to go back to SMU, and you've survived four years, or SMU has survived four years of you. Let's just say that, right? And, and Well, SMU, now, honestly, SMU, my undergraduate studies, that was the hardest 12 years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a, I was in Delta State, which is obviously Division Two school. It's not the party school that SMU was, but I was there a little longer than I was supposed to be. So uh, I, I was twelve years, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> and then two years in graduate school. Yeah, well, that's because you got you're a doctor now. So I'm not. I don't have. I don't. I don't have those. Uh, you know, I, I have no. I have no titles. It's like just uh, bachelors of get the heck out of here. You know. All right. Okay. So you you gra- so you're a senior and you're graduating and all that. SMU swim team was a big deal. So you guys were obviously competing on a high level, even in college and collegiate, and then you were doing our stuff. Um, what's the process of getting uh, of being in the Olympics? What's, what's the trials like? Yeah, the tri- I'm always asked that question, which is a great question because Thank I go, you. you know, you know, the trials versus the Olympics and all that. And I said, the trials is the most harrowing experience you'll ever have, and it's because they only take two people, and in the United States. Because we are, we we have some serious depth in swimming in the United States. If to to make the Olympic team, you almost have to set a world record. Unbelievable! It's unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah, it is. I it's mean, cra- I, it's really crazy. So you know you've got to you know you've got to just really really you got to be flying. <clears throat> well, in my one of my events at Olympic trials, I got second place and set my old world record and still didn't win. Still didn't win. <laughs> wow. So, so you know, the, the, the harrowing part of that is, is that you're sitting there and you're, your whole life you've always wanted to go to the Olympics. You know, a lot of people don't care whether you get a gold, silver, bronze. You made the team. You got to the dance. And that's 90% of it. That's like, you know, you know, you know football or anything else. I mean, you know, right. you made the team. You're a, you're a pro golfer. Right. You made the team. Yeah, but you got to make money You're and like you want to you, win. You got a then number you, one record. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, I understand. You want to win. But at the same time, making the team is big. Now, once you get there, the hardest work is done. Getting to the Olympic team is the hardest. When you get to the Olympics, it's kind of like a cherry on top. And a gold medal is even a bigger cherry on top. And how much adrenaline? And What's the feeling like, of, of. Like a long tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> I <love laughs> You're <that>. quite nervous. <laughs> yeah. You are definitely nervous. Because. Because uh, you think about it, uh, you know, I always, Carl Lewis and I were pretty good friends, and he had the worst start in the world. I mean, the absolute worst. I mean, he's, that's how good he was. And he beat everybody by a mile. I mean, he's like the Hussein Bolt yeah. of his Yeah, he was day, very right? fast, right. And so I sat him down one time. I said, Dude, what you need to do to help your reaction time is close your eyes when they say, take your mark. And so did in you do that? you take <laughs> your mark. Oh, yeah, always close your eyes. Because okay. I don't want to see what's going on around me. And what I do on the international market, if you fall started, it goes to the field. And then another person can fall start, or you fall start. Again, it goes to the field. Wow. And then the third fall start, whoever goes in, is, is disqualified. Correct. So what's your motivation to be flat-footed on the, on the block on uh-huh. the first start? There's no motivation. So what you do is you get down, you close your eyes, and count to two. Go. Just go. Unbelievable. And so, so, when, so your eyes open as you're hitting the water. Are there? Are you absolutely? Are you, so you're. What you want to? What you want to do is hear that. I mean, your sense of hearing is much better when your eyes are closed. 
Unbelievable. And so the same thing I told Carlos. I said, man, just close your eyes. And that way you're not distracted by what your neighbor's doing or whatever. I mean, you, you know, there's so many, so many stimuli going on at the same time. It gets rid of that and makes you concentrate on what your, your task at hand is. Were, who was like your nemesis? Or who was, well, who was uh, after you? A, yeah, they did a movie about myself. And um, there was actually a movie about Victor Davis who uh, was uh, subsequently uh, actually was run over by uh, somebody up in Canada. Um, mm, wow. A long story. They did a big movie about it. And and then my other nemesis, a guy from here, John Moffat, who is actually a wonderful producer. You can look him up. Uh, John Moffat. And he produces a lot of stuff on TV. And, and a, another, another dummy in swimming. He went to Stanford. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, he didn't part. He didn't. He didn't rock and roll like you did. I can promise you yes, that. Man, I mean that's a hard. That's school. what amazes me. I'm talking to Steve Lundquist, who not only knows how to have a great time, and I know he had a great time back when he was growing up. World champion, multiple, multiple. How many world championships, Steve? Well, I, I don't know how many world records. I think I was like 18 world records. I mean, 18. So. I mean, like yeah. 18. It's like I'm trying to think of something that I've done. I've I feel really, really like I need to start over in life right now. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm adding <laughs> not up. At all. I'm not adding really, up right dude? now. Let me tell you really? what's bad. All you've accomplished? No, no, let me tell you what's really bad is when you get to number two. So you're talking about winning, you get into the cherry on top. Let me tell you, when you get to a, have a number two record, do you, have you ever seen the party for a number two record? It is not good. <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 no. And everybody turns around and goes home. And the, then oh, all of a sudden you read no. read about the party that happened, you know. And so I've I've been that guy. Now I've had a series of number one videos, but they they quit giving. Back when I started having number one videos, CMT and all those guys quit giving the party. And then and then what's up with that? I don't know. I think they knew that we were going to party a little too hard. I'm Steve Azar. We're with the great Steve Lunk. With Steve, I've got to ask you one thing before we go. So you understand that Mississippi is the birthplace of American music, right? You do Absolutely. understand, that, right? Okay, so we. It's an amazing the the talent that we've had. So I want you to take us into the break. Are we going to hear a little Howlin' Wolf? Or are we going to hear Faith Hill? It's your call. I'd rather see the video of Faith Hill. <laughs> you know we're on radio, but you can see things on the radio. You can see it on the radio, right? Exactly. Oh, she's so pretty. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with that. Uh, I, she she used to call me Mississippi. I always dug it. She's a good girl. Oh, nice. Uh, you know what's amazing, Steve? I don't know if you know. But, they did this thing. It's called Flyover. It's a National Geographic thing. Mm-hmm. And they had one of Mississippi, and then they talked about the Delta and the home of music and the whole. It was very interesting. It's amazing. I brought Beth in from the other room going, check this out, check this out. It had Greenville. It had all that stuff. Well, yeah, it is a, a town that you're very familiar with. So we'll be right love back. Stay tuned. And uh, we're with the great Steve Lunkus. Stand by, baby. Why don't you love me like you mean it? Um, baby, let me drown in peace. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Steve Azar on Facebook. Dot com Steve Azar live and listen to all my music. Steve Azar and Steve Azar and the King's Men wherever you download or stream. What is it? Super Talk Mississippi, number one in the Magnolia State for news, weather, sports, and talk that matters to you. Don't you forget it. Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and supertalk.fm. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Hey, I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute with my dear friend Steve Lundquist, two-time gold medal winner of the 1984 Summer Olympics, uh, 18 world records. Uh, I would have liked to have set one world record. That would have been awesome. Uh, but 18 is is extraordinary. Um, Steve, long arms. You've got them. So tell me, and we're watching Michael Phelps. Well, you do, because you do your orangutan thing. We've seen it, right, many a times. And uh, for people that don't know, Steve Lundquist can do an orangutan because arms are long. Obviously, that extra reach helps. What about with when you're attacking the water? Tell, tell, me, tell me the advantage, because obviously you hear about swimmers with long arms and the advantage. So what is it? You know, I, I don't know if that's the case, but, uh, but yeah, can you I'll go, go with, me? with it. Can you go with I, me? I yeah. think, you know, I have some of my friends, a guy out of Brazil, he was actually on the Brazil Olympic Committee that got, was one of the people responsible for getting it down there. Uh, and he was, a, he was a, a teammate of mine. And that guy was the hardest guy to beat. He was impossible, little guy. I mean, uh, he wasn't uh, five foot seven. Alligator and arms? Just, uh, he what? Just go, no, no. He just could go all day. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know if there's a an actual proportionality, whether it's long arms or web feet or whatever it might be. Uh, there, there is a body type, I would imagine. But just like a a, a world class horse, you don't want the biggest. You don't want the 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 the, the strongest hips. You you know the, there's about ten different things that people look on a, on a, on a racehorse, uh-huh. and they said the one that's right directly in the middle is the one that's going to win. Wow, I love that. I'm like, wow, that. never yeah. knew that. Let me go back in time. You're finding out it's probably uh, you're talking beginning of 1980 when you find out the Olympics are postponed. I mean that you not postponed, but you guys are going to boycott. I was heading up to the NAT. The natatorium at SMU. My freshman year, I just got rolled out of bed. Uh, we got workout. You know, we're there at five thirty, and so I roll out of bed, went up to the steps of the nat, and there's a you know press cameras and everything else. And I'm like, oh, you know, I wonder what they're there for. And they go, Steve. I said, yes. And they put a microphone in my thing. You know, again, I just got out of bed, right? And uh, they said, what do you think about the Olympics being boycotted? And that's how I found out. Yeah, so you, do you feel like you just go, you go dark? I mean, it's like... You, that was a gut punch. Yeah, it's a gut punch, right? So you obviously weren't a fan of Billy Beer, is that correct? Well, yeah. <laughs> huh. uh, I was so upset, and I let it be known. And I said, you know, I got here on my own, and the government didn't give me one red cent. They took my right as an Olympian, to go to a world-class uh, competition. Right. And so they didn't help me, but they hurt me. And I thought that was yeah, that blatantly sting, or patently right? unfair. Right. Yeah, and so I, I let that be known. And it, it was so crazy that somebody wrote me a letter and said, here's your red cent, and sent oh, a wow. red penny, Yeah. and then said, paraphrasing, one thing that you'll notice about America is few pay the price for many. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, well, you you know, so it kind of made there. me yeah. rethink. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It made oh, me yeah. rethink. I know, I know. And you've always, you, you've worn the colors extremely well. And I know, I know. But when you're when you're a young kid uh, and you've worked so hard at something and it's taken away and you're ready, 
You know, like you're ready, getting into your yeah. prom to compete. Right. And you knew you had a certain amount of Olympics you could perform in and a certain amount of time your body could go at the speed you needed it to go. I've been there, you know, with record labels that go, hey, uh, I know you got hits right now, but we got to take a break. We're for sale. We're up for sale. And, and right. or, uh, you know, like, wait, 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 what? What? You know, like, come on, we're rolling right now. Don't but stop. You know, my thing, though, is I, ha- I still had three years of college left. As it turned out, I had a lot more than that left. Yeah, but. yeah, the 12-year plan. I love the 12-year plan. Everybody would joke but. here. Steve, Steve Lundquist, besides being Lunk the Hunk, is an extremely intelligent man, although he is going to make a joke about it right now. But he's one of the smartest guys I know. So, so I keep going. That. But, but uh, yeah, so, so uh, I had three years left of NCAA competition, which is the toughest competition you can ever go through, other than Olympic trials in the Olympics. I mean, it's where the fastest people in the world are. And so I had that. What I felt sorry for is those people in, let's say, team events that had to go out to Colorado Springs or wherever wherever their team was that they had to be a part of. So they give up their families. They give up their friends, uh, scraping together pennies to eat food um, because they're not subsidized. And I felt sorry for those people. Right. Well, it happens. I mean, you know, it's, it happens on every level. And obviously when it really, really matters in y'all's situation where it's prime time and, and, and a major deal, it's just got to be just like you're just getting just, it's nothing worse probably. So, right. well, let me tell you I what. Mean, it's, it's like, it's like Mar- Mariah in New Year's, you know? I mean, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, she can say what she wants, <laughs> but she missed some notes. You have been listening to uh, just an amazing story. Hey, Steve, I just want to say to you, uh, as a true friend and, 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 and a great person i do what you do for charity is just quite quite good and and you know you can do your tournament anywhere and 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 you choose to do it in greenville mississippi and and uh i i, I know it's it's kind of hard to get to for a lot of the celebrities <laughs> and all that but you but no you 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 have stuck to your guns and said listen we're we're really trying to help the delta out here and, well, and, it, and goodness gracious that. you do a great job You've been in a Mississippi Minute. Uh, I must say bye to my good friend, Steve Lundquist. Uh, thanks a lot for sticking around for an hour. Thank you, Stephen. See you later. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. From hunting and fishing to just about anything outdoors here in the Magnolia State, you'll find out what new adventure is waiting for you Mondays at noon with Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show. Presented by the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife Fisheries and Parks, you'll explore the wonders of your state's natural resources and experience the thrill of outdoor adventure. That's Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show, Mondays at noon, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.